Hi, I'm Lucas Meldrum and welcome to That Windsurf Podcast. This is a podcast where we have conversations with people in and around the windsurf community with a new topic and new guests each week. Since a lot of us are stuck at home at the moment, I thought I'd bring that beach talk to the comfort of your home. If you enjoy this, then go give it a like, subscribe to my YouTube channel, there's loads of old stuff on there. And if you know anyone else who might like it also, then let them know and share the pod. Right, enough of that, let's get into it. I don't even know what you're uh, living. None of us are going to make out of this alive. A lot of M&M's get good. All the veggies and stuff. One guy told me once to try harder. Put a fire up my ass. How's it going, people? Welcome back to the fourth episode of That Windsurf Podcast. And today, we're going global to the other side of the world to talk to two absolute shredders. It wasn't easy getting hold of these pros, but we're here. And I'm happy to be joined with two times British champion, Adam Lewis, and European champion, Mark Parry. How's it going, boys? Hello. Hello, mate. How you doing? All good over there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All good. So, we're, yeah, we're in Maui right now, and we're kind of ended up getting a bit stuck here with everything yeah. going on. Kind of luckily, really. So, yeah, all good. It's our evening. We've had to get you up early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, crack it on. <laughs> I heard, yeah. um, heard Mark was on the last plane to Maui or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah. It all shut down. Yeah, I was lucky, actually. I just flew, like, the day before, like, the whole U.S., like they closed yeah, their borders. They closed their borders and stuff. So yeah, I was pretty lucky. Like if I would have just gotten my flight one day after, which I was supposed to at the beginning when I was looking for flights, I would not have made it. So yeah, pretty lucky. Yeah. Are you guys getting back somehow? What's the plan there? Mm, I good, mean, good question. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to the airline the other day, and yeah, I was supposed to fly like over a week ago. Um, but but by the looks of it, I'll be here at least until the sixth of July, because there's no flights. Jesus. Because now Spain is a tricky one, so yeah, yeah. we we'll have to see what happens. Eh, I guess just uh, mm-hmm. this is changing quickly, and yeah, we we'll, we we'll have to wait and see how as well the all these countries react. Mm, for sure, I saw Arthur's Arthur's going back already. You know? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I guess France is a bit different and really don't know how he that one. Did it? Yeah. He's um I got it his um Esther was expiring, so they kicked him out. His visa, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's not it's not the worst place to be stuck in quarantine, but it's also quite an expensive place to live, I've heard. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's pretty expensive. Yeah. I think I went and bought I did a new record actually recently. I went and bought two packs of sushi the other day. Uh, I mean, this is quite first world problems, isn't it? Because it is sushi, but it's like supermarket sushi for lunch. Two packs, two kombuchas and some tea. And it was $70. I mean, basically, every time you go, you are like, oh, I'm going to go to the supermarket just to get some stuff like for today and maybe something to eat for tomorrow. Like bucks. suddenly you get out of the supermarket and you end up paying like 75 bucks at least every time you get there. <laughs> and then you go out like with that really small <laughs> little paper bag. Paper bag. <laughs> like, how did this happen? <laughs> uh, yeah. And then you just check your bank account. You're like, oh, okay, hold on. <laughs> what happened here? 
Yeah, I mean, actually, with this quarantine thing, it's been a bit better because I'm a bit of a disaster always. I I always end up eating outside, so yeah, yeah it made me yeah eat at home more. Yeah, it so. does make you realize how much you spend. Like, I think it's tricky when you're traveling a lot. Like, you do end up eating kind of out more, and it made it's definitely made me realize, like, especially here, how much you spend yeah. eating out and, and like you know. Say like you go down to a keeper and you say in the morning and then you need lunch, you just quickly grab something from one of like one of the little stores nearby. And uh, if you do that every day, it adds up, you know, it's like mm. 20, 30 bucks every day. Well, no, every day, every time you go there, it's yeah, yeah every bucks. lunch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and when I was here in, in autumn, I, like I remember I used to go to that place like every day and some days I did like uh, breakfast and lunch there and then. I just went for dinner outside <laughs> and then there was days that just in food, like I would spend over a hundred dollars. Yeah. So yeah, just makes you realize how, yeah, how much money you spend if you do that. <laughs> so mm -hmm. definitely not a smart decision to do that here because I mean, whatever you buy, like for food on that place, it's not going to be under $20. Yeah. It's not the cheapest place, but I mean, after a while you kind of work out like, <laughs> With the lockdown, we've been gardening. Like Mark's even got some cucumbers he's growing right now. Oh yeah, we're living off the land, mate. So uh, back, to, back to the old ways. Apart from some extra chocolate that Mister Adam bought. Yeah, yeah, so. I, bought, I bought Mark a pack of chocolate, but he actually hasn't eaten as much as me. I've eaten. It. But <laughs> yeah, you, you're getting some good sailing in, though. I guess. Yeah, it's been like the last couple of weeks have been really good, actually. You know, got like a couple. Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually like. What is it now? The middle of May. It shouldn't. Should be flat. It should much. be flat, actually. Yeah. And I mean, like, it was. There's been waves the whole time. Yeah. And it's not, not, like, not amazing. We've had some kind of a bit of everything. In fact, I think it was when we first arrived was flat. Yeah. It was flatter than now. Like the spring's been sick. Yeah. And not many people out as well. Uh, no. Yeah, there's always people. Yeah. Okay. We thought it was going to be better, but it's actually not. <laughs> If if something it's worse because like now people is not working and mm. because people is allowed to surf and windsurf, then there's like all those surfaces just laid just out busy. in the middle of the point. So sometimes we just have to wait and like yeah. Like the other day was like twenty five knots and they were just still in the middle of the of the lineup. So we couldn't sell Hukipa. So we just had to go down to lane. Hukipa has this thing, it's called a ten man rule. And if there's 10, 10 guys surfing, you can't, like, you can't win surf. It doesn't matter how what we... time of the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's fine that, I mean, for the same thing, if there's 10 windsurfers, you can't kite there. So we kind of yeah. get a good... Yeah. In between. A good in-between. Yeah. Too, you know? yeah. Is surfing good at Hokeeper or is it more just, is it better for windsurfing? It's better windsurfing, I'd say. The wave is a, is a better windsurfing. I mean, it's pretty good for surfing. But the... Maui has, in general, some amazing surfing, you know, like the level of surfing's high. All of the surfers are pretty good. I mean, it's fun. It's a fun, like it took me a little while, like surfing to work it out, but it's pretty fun. It's, I mean, it's better for windsurfing though. Yeah. It's, it's got sections, you know, you would never make on a surfboard, mm. but kind of hit, you know, you're hitting them and doing airs on a windsurfer and then you make those sections. And... Well, apart from windsurfing, I've seen a few pictures floating around, Adam. You've been doing some wet t-shirt modeling. 
<laughs> yeah. He's, he's getting all the chicks with that. Yeah, yeah, it's actually worked out quite nicely for me. <laughs> no. um, yeah, uh, so um, one, of, like, one of my good friends, or our good friends here, Amanda, uh, been and she used to be on tour, uh, like windsurfing, but she lives, she lives here now and she does a lot of like photography and videography projects and she needed to, she wanted to just do some, I don't know quite how it happened, but she wanted to do some like lifestyle pictures one morning. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come. And then she was like, right, in the rock pool, in the white t-shirt, off you go. And uh, yeah, in fairness, they actually turned out pretty good. I have to say, I was like, are you sure about this, Amanda? Because <laughs> this feels pretty bad. <laughs> but uh, I have to say, Amanda put, like, Amanda put the message, she put the pictures out, out on Instagram, and like I had some messages from girls then, like that day. It didn't work too badly. Mark, you should have got involved, mate. Yeah, uh, next time. Here's next time. <laughs> There's a queue for the white, the C3 white t-shirt. Photo shoot, yeah. And uh, you've also been getting, we've been doing some actual photo shoots as well, secret photo shoots, eh? Yeah, 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 we've been doing, I mean, you can still do all the water shooting and stuff. Um, so we've just been doing loads of water stuff yeah. um, with, with some of the new gear, like the Nash guys have been shooting as well. And I think that's it, it's just been as of Nash. Yeah, but all, all like from the water, you know, a bit of drone. Bit of water, a bit of drone stuff. Yeah, that's allowed, so. That's, yeah. That's all allowed, so. What's the plan with the release? I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say. Okay. Not I'm not sure. I think, I'm, like, right now, I think it's supposed to be uh, mid-September, like, for the next, for, for the next. Okay. Uh, I feel like all the, yeah, all the brands might sort of delay the release this year, right? It doesn't I mean, it make sense. Be, to... It definitely won't be in summer. I'm pretty sure it's going to be in, like, middle of September. And I think that's, you're allowed to know that. Well, we'll check after this is finished. No, no, I'm pretty sure that's it's they've announced it because I, I remember Raul saying something about it. So, yeah. otherwise, you're gonna have to do some editing here, mate. Yeah, choppy <laughs> editing. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be in September. We've got like the the products that we're shooting now will be released in September. And then, like since we've been here, like now we're testing. We've been testing a lot of the. 2022 stuff. 2020, that's crazy, isn't it? I just have to think about Two it. Two years. Yeah. I get lost as well. Yeah, I, I get so confused. I don't even know what you are living though. Like we're shooting, <laughs> we're shooting 21 stuff, testing 22 stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you tested the 21 stuff last year, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just to fit inside all of the production deadlines and stuff. Any new, any new boards or sales you can say anything about, or is it all top secret? Uh, I think it's top secret. There's a couple of Gucci sales though. Yeah, you love that's all we can sell. Some pretty good sales, yeah. Right. I have to say, as you, there's a sale for 2022 that we've just kind of half finished now, and I, that's super future. But it's there's a five three. It's by miles the best five three I've ever used. And of any any of any five three I've ever used, like testing everyone else's stuff as well, honestly. And I can confirm that it's effing amazing. Mm. Only got to wait two years. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But you don't get to use it anyway, do you? I mean, we all use production uh, sales yeah. normally anyway, actually. Yeah. 
uh, like just when you're testing, we use some of the other stuff. Yeah. I mean, some of the guys actually have, you know, like some of the boys have full custom sales even, but uh, we we normally have well, almost yeah, always. Yeah, I think it's just one or two guys, maybe. Yeah, or oh, Phil has customs, Jager has some customs. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. But, yeah. I mean, more people have. There's more. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you yeah. shouldn't name them. <laughs> yeah. Mark, how's Candy Crush going on? You completed it yet? I don't even think I have the app anymore. Oh. Yeah, they deleted it. What are you doing then? Uh, well, I tell you, Mark Perret, radical windsurfer, he's really into puzzles. <laughs> That's like, true. Right now, he's been doing puzzles. And like the other day... Thousand beasts. The other day, like in the middle of the day, I just heard him started like basically screaming. And he had like neck cramp because he'd been doing puzzles too long. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> and he came out, I was like, what's going on? He's lying down on the floor. He's like, my neck, my neck. <laughs> it's, not, it's not anymore about back slabs. It's about doing puzzles. Oh, wow. I get the sense that, uh, that the house dynamic, it's a bit Adam's father in Mark a bit. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I think you might be right. Adam is like a, a dad, you know. <laughs> More like a dodgy uncle. Mm. <laughs> the, the the owner of the house uh, calls him the domestic goddess. Oh, <laughs> so, some cooking yeah. skills. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that, but he's like uh, quite uh, how you how do you put it? Um, organized, like quite. Yeah. He's a clean boy. I'm old, is what I am. I'm not clean. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And you've been organising the, the photo shoot as well, have you? Yeah, doing a bit of that stuff as well, yeah. We've mm. got, like, I mean, kind of just dealing with the guys, obviously, in the office and, and, and class as well, and, and uh, then, like, dealing with the, photo sh- with the photographers and videographers. It's kind of easy. Like, previous years, I've done all of the duotone stuff, but it's obviously been a way bigger shoot. So this year's actually pretty... It's mm. been pretty nice because it's kind of been... Like, there's only just a couple of us here. There's just been Victor, um, Mark, Arthur, and I, pretty much. The days to do stuff, so it's been pretty nice, actually. This has been a dream, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's been pretty just sitting with your mates, basically. Yeah. yeah. So it's quite cool. I mean, we had the, uh, the photo shoot episode a couple of weeks back, and, yeah, JC talking about a lot of carnage happening over the years, so it seems like having four oh, people yeah. is pretty nice. <laughs> Yeah, carnage. Yeah, photo shoots are pretty kind. It's a I lot. think it's safe to say that this year it's definitely more chilled. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. more chilled. Yeah. Right, let's get into uh, a little bit of your backstories. So, how old were you, and where did you learn to windsurf? I was fifteen uh, when I when I when I started. I learned just on like a lake. Uh, nearby like I don't know about 20 minutes half an hour from where I, where I grew up and uh, my my old man my dad used to windsurf but he stopped like a little while kind of around the time that me and my brother were sort of born and growing up he stopped and then once I got a bit older he was like would you like to kind of learn as well and we kind of went together and then um yeah we just went to the lake and and I was terrible actually at the start I was like could only kind of half sail out one way, would fall in, get washed onto the dam of like the lake, like the reservoir, that walk back along the reservoir wall, go back in and, and, and then it just kind of went on from there. And then once I was planing and stuff, that was it. I was, I was hooked and it was, it, was a done, it was a done deal. And then you progressed onto there and then we, talk, we actually talk, did an episode on seasons last week. 
but you basically started doing seasons. You started in Egypt, did you? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. The day I had my last, like I did my A-levels, which is like a, I don't know, obviously a thing in the UK. So I finished my A-levels and the, I had a, like my A-level exam in the morning and that evening I had a flight to Egypt. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I, I, I knew I wanted to windsurf all the time. I didn't know, like, I didn't dream I'd be a professional windsurfer. I just wanted to go windsurfing and I needed a job. So it was like the perfect, <laughs> the mm. perfect combination. And I was pretty lucky to get posted straight away in Daha. I shared a room with, I was like working with um, Jamie Gibbs, who's like the event manager for the PWA now, funnily enough. So it's pretty funny. What's and, been uh, the progression from, from there to your first PWA? That was pretty long, probably, actually. I think I took a bit longer than most other people, but I think, I think well, you'll know, Luke, it's just from, obviously, like, being in the UK, it's kind of hard to get the consistency, like, of conditions to improve that well. So I, I only, like, I think I only really started improving once I left home. And, uh, and like, I could travel and windsurf a lot. So I did, I did that season, like, through the summer in Dahab, and then I saved up enough money... I had to go home and work like a couple of different like kind of Christmas jobs. And then I got some money to go to Cape Town for a few months. And then I went to Cape Town after that. And then after that, I actually got a job in Tenerife, uh, which I was, I have to say, I'm like unbelievably grateful for, which was with the TWS. And from there, I started obviously doing like more wave sailing and jumping and, and it just kind of snowballed. But I mean, I, I think like then I got a wild card I got a wild card to a PWA event, which was because Danny Bruce was the organizer. He kind of gave me a wild card. And I I'd stopped working in Tenerife at that point. And I was like just about to start a plumbing apprenticeship, <laughs> actually. And, uh, and I, I got the wild card and I, went, and I went and did that PWA event in Tenerife. And I won the super session. And then off the back of that, I was just like, right, actually, I'm, I, I would like to have a crack kind of at this. Adam Lewis was almost a plumber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed like a sick job. Like, I was going to do my apprenticeship with um, another windsurfer that, like, had, a, had his own plumbing company. And he just, it, it just seemed like a good job. He had his van. He always had, like, windsurf stuff in the van. He could sneak off to go sailing if the conditions were good. And yeah. oh, wow. I like kind of doing stuff. But it's nice to work with your hands and things like that. So, mm. but yeah, nearly a plumber. Yeah. I, I sacked it all in and. And you did the right choice. And I think I did the right choice, yeah. Yeah. So, Mark, uh, how old were you when you first learned? And where was that? Mm, I started when I was five. Like, I was always spending summertime with my family in Rosas. That was in Costa Brava, in the northeast of Spain. And, yeah, we were at the beach. And then I saw, like, a windsurf kid rigged on the beach. And then... I wanted to try it. I got my my parents convinced um, to talk to the to the local windsurfing school, and then I tried it. I couldn't even like um, lift the sail, so I had to stop. But then my dad and my sister they continued. A few months after, I tried again, and then I was a bit stronger, so I could lift the sail and stuff. So yeah, I didn't stop since then. And yeah, yeah. and am I right in saying that you started off doing slalom? Yeah. I did a lot of slalom because where I come from, yeah, we get like 15 knots of wind pretty much every day. So, yeah, it's like big sail, slalom sailing. So yeah. I did like some local competition and then I did some Spanish events and yeah, from from there on. And then 2000 and 
2012, yeah, I did my first slalom world championship in Lago de Gara, which I won there and I didn't expect anything. And then I ended up like third place under 15, which got me a surprise. And then I, from 2011 as well, I started going to Poza every summer because one of my friends, he was going there and basically went there for a, the last Spanish event that they did there. Um, and I went and I did it. And then we came back a couple of weeks after with, with my sister because we loved it. And yeah, I think that's how I started wave setting pretty much. Yeah, in Poza. But I, I would have never thought that I was going to be, like, of course, not a professional windsurfer because I got there, I was like, Fuck, just seeing all those people like doing forwards and backwards and stuff and I was like, fuck, I'm never going to do that. When did you sort of realize that you could make it to the top in the waves? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm like quite, quite a competitive guy at the same time. So when I would see someone do something, I was like, shit, I want to do it as well. So I would just try and do it. Um, so yeah, then I think it was 2000, yeah, 2014. It's when I tried to enter like main events and stuff. And yeah, I was under 17 Salon World Champion that year. I went to Poza, I did the juniors. I think I won Poza and Tenerife that, that year. And I wanted to compete in the main event as well, but I didn't even know how to enter Poza. So I went there and asked, but apparently I had to submit through email and I didn't do it. So I, I had to wait until Tenerife and then Tenerife, they gave me a place in the trials. And then, yeah, I didn't even make it through the trials. Same year, 2014, I went to Klitmala. I made it through, through the trials, then got kicked out in the single. We just did one single that year. I didn't go to Silt, but then I went to La Torche. And La Torche, I made it through the trials, and then I made it through one hit in the double. And, and that was it. And then I just started a doing step the Step by step. Yeah. Yeah, 2015, I did one trip to Cape Town with a couple of friends. I was supposed to stay there two weeks. I ended up staying three weeks. And I think that's when I started getting better. At that point, after yeah. going to Cape Town. Cape Town is a, it's a pretty sick place to train and improve, eh? Yeah, I mean, it's just good training place. I mean, it's not the most epic conditions, I would say, but you just get that consistency. And if you are keen to drive around and stuff, you can just sail every day and different kind of conditions, which I think would make you improve. I think we'll get straight into the topic this episode which is training so starting off training on the water I want to know like what's the real difference when you say I'm going to go training or I'm going to go free sailing um, I think it's kind of mixed at the end of the day you enjoy windsurfing but for example in places like Pozo you look at like before or after the events like you get more like alright I'm just going to go and try this, try this you know and then just like a bit more of a punishment, especially when you go for these harder moves, because it hurts when you fail, basically, and you crash. But yeah, that's mainly, I think it's a very thin line, I would say. Yeah, I would say I'm a bit cautious when people are like, oh, I'm training on the water. I just think, you know, like, yeah, you have to be, maybe you start structuring how you sail a little bit different, that you're just... Mm not getting like not trying to do stuff when you're getting tired because you know you're going to pick up bad habits and things like that that's something i'm a bit cautious like about with you know like yeah. if you're sailing alone and maybe you do a few things and then you start crashing the same way a couple of times i might stop then and just slow down and think about what i'm doing a bit more and but um i think 
I think wind, like we're pretty lucky windsurfing's yeah. wave sailing, especially, you know, like is so much fun. I feel a little bit guilty when I start playing, I'm training on the water because it's, it's fun. Like training you do in the gym, training is what you do when you're maybe visualizing about doing stuff or you're doing others, other sides of it. And I think you can be like, obviously a little bit more conscious about how you're sailing. Like when you're on the water, maybe you don't go like mental and try a million things at once and end up hurting yourself on the water. Windsurfing is bloody good fun. Yeah. I guess, I guess maybe the difference is, say you want, want to go out free sailing just for fun, maybe you're not going to go and do a, a big still double forward or anything like that crazy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah well, because for me, that's the, I think, the, like, the fun is pushing yourself. Okay. I think the only difference is of, if I say, I'm, I'm going to train that move, yeah. like you go and murder yourself. Yeah. Basically, you go out and just try that. Yeah. But that can lead to frustration. To anger, but but <laughs> it's something you have to be careful. Yeah, I mean, I you think have to really that, that's why why I said it, it, there's a really thin line. You have to blend it in like really well, otherwise you get like burned out. And for sure, I think I only did it game. once, but in Cape Town we went drove down to Whitsands, and I was just like, all I'm gonna do is jump, not do a single wave ride, and I did the whole session without a single wave ride, and then it's not actually that fun though. I'd rather just mix it up. Yeah. Yeah, but it, the same with me. There's this imposter. I'm like, oh, like I have a headache. I feel like trash. <laughs> you know, like oh, I'm not gonna jump. And then you you see us, and we go like first run, we try a double. Yeah. And, I mean, and sometimes we just murder ourselves, and then we get we get frustrated, and we go again. And that's just how we are. <laughs> that's yeah. That's what I mean. There's a thin line. There's yeah. It's hard to explain because at the end of the day, we always want that. Adrenaline rush of trying this stuff and it's like, fun to learn. It's fun to push yourself. Like yeah. for me, like I think when I I got home after the summer, you know, like talking about stool doubles and things like that, you know, like for me, I got home and then we had like kind of fun conditions, just like the beginning of September at home, and I was like just having fun sailing around with, the, with like my mates at home, and that's the, that's just like pure fun. But that's the day that you just want to go for stool doubles because you just like this. Is, I'm having the sickest fun ever. It's just fun. Like windsurfing is fun, and yeah. pushing yourself is the fun part. I guess so, when you go out, you, the first thing you got to think about is having fun, and then when you're comfortable and you're enjoying yourself, then you probably push yourself more when you're in that mindset. I mean, like this, like Pozo is a pretty good example. I'm pretty careful when I'm in Pozo that I'll probably do maybe two or three one-hour sessions in a day, rather than like here that I'll just sail. You can yeah. sail all afternoon here, you know, like... And, and oh, mate, if you can... And like, you know, that maybe that's a little bit closer to, to something you could call training and you are going to go out and you're going to do, like, kind of just make sure you're not getting tired or frustrated and you're just doing, like, a couple of doubles, a couple of wave rides, a couple of, you know, come in, that you don't want to get too tired. It's like a pose is like a war of attrition, you know. You don't want to get too many cuts on your feet. Don't want to get... Too much, like too many concussions. Does that happen a lot, concussions? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dark <laughs> room. Yeah. I think there's, yeah, definitely a few days in that, like, little month. You definitely do a couple of, like, yeah. uh, in a dark room, lights up, yeah. sensitive to light, headache. Yeah. Yeah. When you get, like, the bad ones, yeah, it's, 
Like they last a few days, like three or four days. Yeah, you, you need to take it easy. And like, yeah, you just you wake up in the morning, you're stiff, like you cannot even move your neck or your back. You got a hot shower. <laughs> we were staying together in the summer, <laughs> and there was like a point that both of us like, yeah, like having to have a really hot shower before doing like anything else because we couldn't like move anymore. Like hot shower, start like moving, do some like stretch, like kind of mobility stuff, and then you'd be like, oh right, oh damn, it's windy. We need to go again. I mean, that's maybe somewhere that you take it a little bit more like closer to training, but I mean, yeah. have a more of a regime, I guess. More of a regime. That's yeah, more structure to it. That's yeah. that's a, that's a good. Just but the windsurfing is still fucking fun, so <laughs> would you sort of structure it a little bit more when you're coming up to a competition in a in a couple of weeks or a week? Would you be a bit more cautious? Uh, you know, like what I would maybe do is two weeks before an event, what I might do is do like a couple of uh heats, you know? Yeah. Just put the stopwatch put your stopwatch on, go out, do a few things and see how long it takes. It's not a bad little thing to do. Uh, and then maybe like the week before an event, you definitely like, you want to be like kind of really excited to go sailing. So for me, I, I definitely like the week before I'll slow, I won't sail as much. Mm. I definitely noticed like in Tenerife, I think you were staying with Jager, right? Yeah. And definitely coming up to the competition. Didn't really see you two that much. Yeah. Yeah. I think we sailed like loads when we first got there and then, and then, like, also, once it gets busy, I'll go in the morning and in the, na- in the night, pretty much. Yeah. It's a good way to get annoying. When it's busy and conditions are not that good. Yeah. Just get frustrated because you try to do something, you can't do it because people's on the way or, like, whatever. And then just gets, like, a massive ball and then you end up having no fun. Competitions are such a mental, a mental thing. I think that half of it's learning the ways that you can get like some people just can get the best like the best of themselves the minute the green flag goes up and other people maybe it's not so natural and then like you know for me i know there's just things that i have to do to be to be ready for when that green flag goes up and yeah for sure like if it's a case of just dialing the sailing back a week before the event just that you're kind of all ready and maybe you're just gonna not sail as much start doing a little bit more uh, movement and, and gym stuff i definitely i start doing more of that for sure the week before an event and just try and be like calm and ready and yeah fit i think like as well you know the day before an event what are you gonna learn yeah it's, it's pretty unlikely you're gonna you're gonna just hurt yourself yeah because mm-hmm. you're gonna die Push especially because it's just for an event you're getting kind of ready to yeah. to go you know i've seen guys rage the day before like going yeah for a, and then, for and then, like, then you've got like the sorest what you know you, yeah sure yeah i mean i seem to remember like costa used to just go to like fuerta before the poser event and everyone's like why isn't he training in poser but i mean he doesn't yeah. really need to just the job is done you're not gonna do it yeah. a day before or a week yeah. before the event like it's, it's done it's been yeah. done what you've done the, the months before the year before you know you've yeah, done sure. the hard work before yeah so yeah. do you ever feel like a lot of pressure when you're sailing like with other people especially in a place like Pozo or Maui where there's lots of other people around before a competition not Maui definitely not yeah. <laughs> Pozo you definitely at least I do I, I, I keep I, an eye yeah. on, on the others yeah to see for sure what's up you know and which is 
Yeah, it can be good, it can be bad. Depends on how you, every person takes it. Some others need that fire of like seeing them do other stuff and then some others, they just get more nervous and just going to go against them. Yeah, I mean, you see like a lot of people posting training videos before events. Do you think there's a little bit of a competition there? Like, oh, you can get the best moves on the video and stuff. Maybe, I don't know. I'd rather be undercover, sneak in from nowhere. That's kind of what Costa does. Costa doesn't say Yeah, true. Yeah. And then throw the And then all of a sudden, first <laughs> run, stall double. Thanks, yeah. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get into uh, training off the water. Well, I remember when I was in TWS a couple of years ago, and this uh, guy came in, this old English guy, who I think lives there. And he was talking about, he remembers when uh you adam when you're working there and you're yeah. in the corner eating crisps or something yeah for sure <laughs> i feel like you've had a quite a, a, dra- a big change in in your diet and maybe your training off the water yeah yeah it came probably for me when i started wanting to do like to compete properly so we spoke about it just before but the year that i um i started the tour i did tenerife obviously was like the first that I had the wild card for, and then um, I that like I'd done well enough that I would get entry to to Denmark and Germany afterwards. So so I went to do those events, and in Denmark already I I tore some ligaments in my knee, and basically off the back, and then kind of like it was the first injury I'd ever had, and and it wasn't like you know it wasn't that I just blew out my knee. It was kind of more of like more than a mild sprain, but not like a you know not an operation job. And uh, I just kind of like thought it would, I just never had a proper injury before. So I just kind of like ignored it pretty much. Like my knee swelled up a bit and, I, and it hurt. And I was like, oh, I'll relax a few days and then I'll sail a bit and I'll relax and I'll sail. And then I got to Tenerife and I, like in the sort of in the winter and I needed to, I needed to make a film for point seven, And I like just couldn't say, you know, like I literally, I couldn't walk, like I'd sail and then I couldn't walk up the stairs in the evening because my knee was so bad. Went through the rehab of the knee and then off the back of that, I was just like, right, I'm gonna take it seriously. And I started training a lot more. I was really lucky that the physio, that I did all the stuff with my knee in Tenerife, a guy called Thomas, he also like did a lot of training stuff. And so I started doing training with him and then he kind of really put me down that path, I think. And then I did some stuff, like obviously I was in Tenerife then, so I was doing stuff with Danny Bruce as well. And we were kind of doing things together and, and it just, uh, it just kind of took off from there. And then it, it has like a snowball effect because you feel it, you feel the benefit in your windsurfing and then it makes you more motivated again. And, and then it carries on. And, and for me, like in the end, actually, I think every time I've been injured, come back and take in training, like maybe even diet more seriously. I think I learned kind of the hard way straight away with that knee injury and then kind of just kept progressing from there. Yeah, I think I remember a couple of years ago you had quite a bad injury and then you literally came straight back afterwards and I think you got your best result yet. Fifth overall, yeah. That was after, yeah, I kind of like did a bunch of ligaments in my ankle. When I got home and spoke to the doctor, the discussion was like whether or not I'd walk properly again, actually. That was one of the best, like genuinely one of the best things that happened because I was like forced to assess what I was doing, had I kind of been maybe coasting a little bit, 
what I could do better. And, and also like, it was a real genuine thing. Like, would I, let's say, wave sail to the level that I would like to, you know, would I be able to do it again? And having the threat of that, like being taken away was really enough to, to kind of put a fire up my ass to, to get like, to get more motivated. And, and it was like a really good thing in the end. Yeah. yeah sure. Mark, have you had any big injuries yet? Mm, I tore my MCL in Cape Town back in 2016. I didn't know how bad it was. I didn't go to the doctor, but uh, yeah, it was like the first time that my knee like swelled up that much. I was there for a month and I didn't want to miss my shedding. So I basically went back shedding the water. My friend had a, like a knee brace. I just duct taped the shit out of it. And like I was sitting with my legs straight without jumping or anything for one week. And then got back home, got it like properly checked, but it was already like healed. You know, there was like scar tissue, like, but for like two years, like I could feel it sometimes, like if the knee would bend like in a weird position, like to the inside or something like that, like I would feel it sometimes just with the weather changes, I could feel it as well. How do you deal with, because obviously at home you got a trainer maybe. Or yeah. a gym you I mean, go to, and then when you travel, how's how's that? And trying to mix in with sailing. Yeah, when I'm back at home, that's not really a problem because I mean, that's what I do. I mean, I'm just there the whole, the whole week, like uh, like every week training, and that's it. But yeah, when I travel, I try to keep like a routine. But like especially now with the lockdown and everything, I've been really bad. We've been pretty bad. Yeah, we've last been slacking for a lot. Yeah, you haven't got much equipment there, have you, in the house? No. I mean, we did, like, we had, like, a pull-up bar. We had, like, thing. a little pull-up thing set up and we were doing some stuff. Yeah. We should I get mean, back to it. <laughs> like, normally we're pretty good, like, travelling and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it depends where you, you know, like, where you're going. If you're going to go to Chile, you know. Like, yeah, Ch- Chile, it's a hard There's one, not a so. gym, you know, so it's, you, 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 you're not going to. But most, like, almost most other places, I think, you can mix in. You need to, like, I really feel the benefit of doing like leg weights and stuff, for yeah, example. Exactly. So, like an upper body. So, so actually, like most places, you can kind of there's there's so many gyms in the world now. You know, like I was in South Sumatra a little while ago, and in the middle of this little like like Indonesian like town, there's a gym with like weights, squat racks, everything, you know? So if you're, if you're a little strict with yourself, you can kind yeah. of find somewhere. And get on For me, like the only thing that sometimes I get lazy with is like if I'm alone, like and I have to drive to the gym or something like that, I can get like a bit lazy just because I'm used to have like my trainer behind me, you know? So let's say like now in, when we were in post last year, we would go like with Adam, like a few times a week. And then it's sick, like we go together and like, yeah, you have someone and you're like pumped to go, you're motivated. But It's like, always nice to have, like one day maybe I'm motivated, the next, you know, the next time maybe Mark's motivated yeah. and I'm lying on the sofa and he's like, come on, let's go train. And like, yeah, come on. Yeah. Uh, for example, this year in Cape Town, like for me, it was like a bit harder because like just a few times and went alone. Yeah, the year before I had Arthur Arutkin and we would go together. Do you reckon it's important to, to mix it in when you go training somewhere? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Like, ma- I would say massively important. Okay. Like, so, like, you, not doing gym, would you'd feel it on the water? Yeah. Yeah. 
and how I, I guess you do a lot of stretching and mobility stuff as well. Yeah, I'm not that good at that. My sister, she's a yoga teacher and uh, she prepares stuff for me, but yeah, I end up sometimes not doing it. But that's important, but basically really I do important. like a lot of strength training. I feel like helps me a lot. Like as Adam said, like leg stuff, it's like on your knees, you feel it like so much. Yeah, like, especially bumpy places like Poland and stuff. But it's hard on your knees. Your it's legs like are massive like difference. strong and activated. Yeah. yeah. It's like they're setting a different place. Like now yeah. when we're like for three days with, uh, with the boys, with Adam and Victor, like after three days, my knees were done. Like I got home and I had pain on my knees for one week. I had to go to the physio and everything to knees and your limbs. For, for me, <laughs> like I, I really feel it, like you feel a massive difference. Yeah. It's, and it's worth, like that's the nice thing is you do it, and you feel the benefit, you know, like it's, it's, it's a really tangible difference. You know, you do it, you feel the difference, yeah. you're motivated. And I think everyone would, feel, you know, like. Every couple of sessions, you really feel like improvement. Yeah. With leg and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's quite. And windsurfing, cool. like you mentioned movement, like windsurfing, you're really stiff. And windsurfing teaches you to be like really statically strong, but maybe not as mobile. And so for me, I, I think I may be a little bit more naturally that way anyway. And doing like the movement and stuff's really good. I have like a little movement thing I do in the mornings. So I come out, like I come out, like stumble out of bed, come in here, put the coffee machine on, do like my movement and then can go and have my coffee in bed after that. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I started doing like more training and stuff with help from a guy called Matt Dickens. And yeah, I felt a huge, the thing I felt the biggest difference was actually like competing on like the national, the national stuff, doing heats, two heats or something. I was just like, I was done. Yeah. Doing, doing training has definitely helped like just feeling super fit. And I think probably confidence as well is quite a big, big part of it. Feeling more confident in your body. Yeah. Massively. Massive. It's, it's always like confidence helps with competing anyway, because you feel that you're fit and strong. So you're you're more confident, which is only a good thing for like competing. And just like if it's injury prevention or like I mean, at the end of the day, for me, you know, like obviously, one day I won't be a professional windsurfer, you know, but I still want to be able to windsurf and I still want to be able to surf and do all the things that I love the you know like that I love the most. And for me, like being fit and strong and mobile as long as possible are going to mean that I can do these things as long as I possibly can in the future. You know, like it has like benefits past your career, you know, like past our careers. You ever on top of your weight quite a lot? Are you like, or are you not that bothered about that? Losing weight or gaining weight? It depends. Like around poso time, I'm not really bothered if I gain weight because I'm pretty happy, you know, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you, like, you want more weight in poser, really? Yeah, you like. I, I remember one year I just kind of felt like I was overpowered, and I just started eating, and then I think I put on a couple of kilos, and then I was fine. You know, like it didn't matter. This the wind came, and I just sat my ass into the harness, and off I went. Yeah. But uh, I think, like personally, I put on weight pretty easily. Like I think I could be ninety kilos probably without trying. Like it wouldn't be that hard. So. Not like I'm not super careful, but I'm aware. Like if I stick between, let's say, like 82 to 84, it's a pretty good size for me. Kilos. Yeah. So you, yeah, I guess if you're if you're creeping over that, you're like, oh, I should probably do something. Well, yeah, it's pretty rare. 
I have to be like if I'm at home, sat around a bit. And, but if you win, like like here when you're windsurfing every day, I can eat whatever. Yeah. I, can. I mean, windsurfing, yeah, you you lose some weight. I guess. Let's say normally I get to Boston with 79, 80 kilos. Yeah. I might sometimes I go home with 77, 76 kilos. Yeah. Like just from all the windsurfing. I lost a lot of weight, I think. Yeah. Like if I do like strength training and stuff, then I can more or less keep it like 78, 79 always. Yeah. But like as soon as I like it's like another night on train or anything, then I go down to 77, 76, like quickly after a couple of months. I guess like, if you change weight, like a really big deal, it could mess up like you got all your boards. Uh, it's really you know, annoying with boards. Yeah. No, no, it's really annoying with boards. Yeah. I mean, my weight, I don't really feel it to be honest. I know like at one point, or maybe after the ankle, I was like kind of still a bit heavy. I was like a little bit heavy still. And I was, my boards were too small. Yeah. I think once you go over 80 kilos, then it gets like a bit more of a problem, a bit more sensitive, like to, especially to lighter ones. Yeah. You reckon there's an ideal weight for like a windsurfer? I think I remember Traversa saying like he loves being super light because he doesn't need any big stuff, but then he'd also like a bit more power. So yeah. you reckon like there's an ideal source? Light guys get away with way less gear. And way more rocker. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes boards like skateboards then. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If you are light wind surfing, like wave sailing, you have like a big advantage. But at the same time, yeah. I mean, I think it depends on like your body. Like windsurfing, most most guys can get gear that works for them. Philip must be 95 kilos at least. Yeah. So, and then you've got like, Traversa there, you mentioned like kind of on the other end of the spectrum and they're both <laughs> yeah. unreal windsurfers. So yeah. I think it's just on the extreme conditions like light wind especially. Yeah. Like on short light wind shit, that's yeah. when it makes a big I mean, difference. There's definitely surfing. like yeah, the conditions. Like there's de- you know, like the Aloha Classic last last year here was kinda of light and there wasn't anyone in the final yeah. The, the four finalists, they were all like, uh, you know, like everyone was 60 kilos. Yeah, guys. Yeah. So there's like a clear kind of point there. And then let's say like Pozo most years, both the guys in the final have been over 85 kilos. Yeah. 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 No, I think, I think different conditions suit different weights. I mean, windsurfing is kind of cool that it's so spread out. I think slalom and things like that, they have a, the perfect weight. Yeah. You know, like, they they want to be whatever it is ninety five or ninety eight kilos. For a while, they're all pushing for like a hundred, but I I don't think it's that important now. Well, I guess you two are both sort of in the middle. Probably quite quite a good place to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the way I am now, like eighty three is quite good. You know, like I can use an eighty two. I have an eighty eight and an eighty two, and I use those kind of quite a lot. Those two sizes, and they seem to work pretty good for me. And I don't really need smaller than that. Actually, in general, like, do, do you think there's a difference between the way like wave freestyle slalom training works? For, for slalom, slalom. Well, and you know what? I would imagine the the slalom boys' training isn't too different to like in the gym. Isn't too different to what I do in the gym, and it's probably yeah. not too different to what Mark does. In the gym. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Because we yeah. both do pretty similar stuff. Yeah. I think just then. I mean, they're 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 moving a bit more left, but just the weight. And like what they eat probably then i think like weight. what the slalom the big difference with the slalom boys is the the calorie intake that would that would be yeah. the big difference 
Because like some of those boys are on five meals, four or five meals a day, just to keep that weight. Demolishing their plates. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're having like just calorie shakes and all sorts. And freestylers? I don't know. Yeah. I I don't yeah, I'll probably run well, I know Armado works. Yeah, Armado. But they, they all generally look a little bit a little bit slimmer maybe. Yeah. Yes. That's what I get the sense. They're a bit more elastic, I would say. Yeah. They're more bendy. They got bendy ankles, that's for sure. Yeah. Maybe we'll get some freestyles on in the next podcast. You have to get I'd like to know what they do. That would be interesting to see. Oh yeah, going back a bit for the well, just training in general on and off the water. Do you think there's been a like a change like over the years, like maybe you know before you you guys were on tour or? I think just people in general. People in general take it more seriously. Yeah. I would okay. say. I think before our time, there was a bit more fun happening on tour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that we don't have fun, but. Definitely, it's definitely the effect. There's like some pretty serious. classic stories from like people stumbling out of like nightclubs to go and do heaps. Yeah, that's not happening anymore. That definitely doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. It, now it's so much harder to be at the top that people really have to train to get there, eh? I think if you're not, you would, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't do it, you, you probably wouldn't get Good there. Then. With, the, with the nutrition side, what's the deal there? Um, a lot of M&M's, KitKat, and... <laughs> 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 I wish we had the camera now. Like... Yeah, I've heard some like little like chocolate opening, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think pretty like just a good balanced like diet is pretty good. Like Mark eats pretty good, you know, he has a lot of veggies in his diet. Protein, I have a lot of protein. A lot of protein yeah. and a lot of veggies. I, I could do it better with uh, I don't eat loads of meat. Carbs, maybe. Yeah, Adam doesn't eat that much meat. I eat a lot more meat than he does. Bit of a vegan. I, no, no but vegan. I eat fish. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's a bit of a, like, I feel like if I have meat every day, I just feel heavy and slow. Like, slow. That's interesting. Uh, I, think, yeah, I was thinking like a lot of carbs would make you slow. And, uh, yeah, like all the veggies and stuff. You kind of just, they, they move through your system quite nicely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like a bit of fish, you know, loads of beans and, and uh, chickpeas. chickpeas and things like that. Have that a lot, like veggie curries and yeah. bean burrito things. And Do you ever go through stages of just eating shit or you're pretty good with it? Uh, I mean, in yeah. fairness, since we've been in lockdown, I don't know how, like we've, We've done bags of some bags of chips and some bags of chocolate, that's for sure. And a couple of beers, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, it's in one, I mean, life's about balance, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You need to keep your body happy like, as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well like your mind, not yeah, like, yeah, I don't your know mind. about yeah, your body, yeah. but your mind. Like, <laughs> eating overall healthily, like, it's pretty all right to go and have a big bar of chocolate and everything. Yeah, I remember Matt saying, like, yeah, if you want to be the perfect athlete, you know, you. You train, you eat well, you know, you don't drink anything, you don't do anything. But then also it's like mentally you've got to have a bit of fun in your life. You've got to let loose a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the thing is as well, you know, like now, let's say this period of time is kind of our off season. So you obviously do want to train and stuff, but now's the time that you can have a couple of beers 
you know, in the evening, like if you've sailed all day and you've had a good day, you can come home and have a couple of beers because you're not going to do that. You know, in you know, normally once competition starts, mm-hmm. I would I would probably almost not have a beer most. Yeah, like a month and a half before photo again. Yeah, doing like like I, like I won't have a, like in Grand Canary, like through the Canaries. I probably won't drink. Yeah. I think there's quite a big difference between some guys like maybe you guys would uh, be pretty on it, and other guys would be out a few nights. Out and about, yeah. There's still a mix. I think like I can go out any other day. Pretty much most other months of the year, you can go out and have a rager. But if there's just a couple of months you have to dedicate, and the rest of the year I'm basically free to do what I want. I guess after after the comp you can relax a bit. After the comp, you can sink a couple of tinnies for sure. <laughs> <laughs> What happened to your, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, Ads, when you came third? I had a bet with Colin. Yeah, a little bet. If I podiumed, I'd take him to a strip club. I managed to like persuade him not, like, we didn't go to the strip club, but we had a bit of a night out, that's for sure. With, with Whippy. Whippy and Profit. Sounds dangerous. <laughs> I was sick in the bar. <laughs> it wasn't that pretty. <laughs> Any fairness, I warned them. I had like shot after they'd all like racked up this line of shots, and I'd shot after shot after shot after shot. And I was like, guys, I'm gonna be sick real soon. And they were like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and I just said, (laughs) yeah, right. You gotta sell it, you know, like you put in the hard work and you do the the stuff, you gotta enjoy it for sure. What's your what's your guys' opinion on like energy drinks and stuff like that? Just drink as much uh, Red Bull and Monster as you can. It's good for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's this general trend in sports moving away from those kind of drinks. I would think. Oh really? I don't. I don't like like I would not drink this kind of drinks if I'm competing. Let's say. Yeah. I, I, I have water and like. And every now and again, maybe a little hydration thing, like a hydration yeah. like mix. I think with all these things, with all this training on, off the water, diet, it's about finding what's good for you at the end of the day. So we finish with the, the quick fire round? Yeah. I'll fire a question in, you've got to answer it. Uh, so one board and one sail for the rest of your life? Four or five, 82 litres. Yeah, can't go wrong. Oh, with that. yeah, that's a good. Yeah, <laughs> can't, can't really go wrong. I might take an 82 stubby. Oh, that's yeah. a good question. Yeah, you love the stubby. Yeah, I love the stubby. Biggest pet peeve? Smacking my head on, yeah. in the water doing doubles. Yeah. Okay, I'll be a bit more accurate. Doing doubles in Pozo when it's flat and busy. That's my biggest piece off. Yeah. 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 Because you know you can do it. Just it's busy, it's flat. You just try to push it out of something that you know it's not going to happen, but you still try. Yeah. So that's the biggest piece of favorites. Uh, windsurfer on tour. I don't know. This. Really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it makes it easy then. <laughs> A wave you'd never want to go back to. Ooh, Sunset Beach, Cape Town. <laughs> oh, <here we've> <laughs> Let me think of another one. I really, really did not enjoy. <laughs> the shore break yeah, has some kind of a yeah, value to it. When it gets sideshore, it can be really fun. Um, I don't know, actually. Yeah, probably Sunset is quite bad. <laughs> it pisses me off quite a lot. Motivational song for windsurfing, you know, before you want to go out, send it. Have you got a song? Right now. Yeah, right Join now. Hardly New Year. What's that? Oh, it's a good one. 
Johnny and Hardly Know You. I've been listening to, what have I been listening to on the way to the beach since I was here? Oh, uh, Little Monster by Royal Blood. That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, yeah I know that one. That's cool. Otherwise, uh, like, you can't be a bit of, like, a Black Sabbath. Was the Osborne. I seem to remember, Adam, you had a pretty funky, pretty funky music before you go on your heats. Adele. You had Adele? Yeah. You were in the heats? No, yeah. I, when I was in, was in Tenerife, you had some, like, Strange, oh. like space dubstepy, weird stuff. Oh, maybe. oh, I would have had some like hardcore, like deep house stuff probably as well. Yeah. Ah, no, no, Lucas. I had um, I know what you're talking about. Then that's actually a little bit more about training. But I mm-hmm. had a new, like a new, uh, a brain binaural programming, like brainwave app that uh, you listen to. It's like brain. It's supposed to like control your brainwaves. Binaural programming. So is that, is that your secret? It's out now. Yeah, shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Another one, old graphics or new graphics for like windsurf boards? Uh, old new graphics. A bit of both. That's a cryptic clue. Yeah. Is a it? clue. Ooh. Cool. Going a bit deeper on this one. So your life motto or if you don't have one, what motivates you in life? Try life motto. What motivates me in life? Try harder. <laughs> One guy told me once, try harder. So that's what I did. I tried harder. Try harder. <laughs> no, I like that. Simple, straight to the point. Be nice to people. <laughs> <laughs> Be nice to one another. <laughs> All right. Have fun. Do what you like doing. I need a lot of chocolate. That's important. Do what you're passionate about. Yeah, I think that's literally in every every podcast. I think that's come up. Like, just do what makes you happy. Yeah, none of us are going to make it out of this alive. Might as well try to be like a decent bloke and, and have fun. Awesome. Cheers, guys. That's been uh, Adam Lewis, Mark Prey, and me, Lucas Murdrum. And we'll see you next time. Cheers. And. <laughs> <laughs>